This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and have Silvana with me, a voice many people will know on Free FM. How are you? I am really well, thank you, Holly. I left so long ago that I think probably there, yes, I'm not sure if someone remembers me anymore. I'm sure, I'm sure you're well remembered. And so you're with Sharma and you've been with Sharma for a long time. Well, yes, since, well... Actually, if we, we tell the real story, yeah. uh, Holly, I actually joined Shama when I was uh, pregnant with my first child, feeling lonely in New Zealand, you know, yeah. I was just have joined this radio station and the other thing that I did kind of to help me to settle was to join the sewing class at Shama. Ah. Cool. Because we do, uh, we still run life skill classes that they are about that, you know, for people who English is their second language. So I joined the sewing class. Um, I did a dress for my daughter, which came a little bit shapeless, but she still use it. <laughs> nice. um, but then I really love the diversity and kind of getting to know some of the people in the classes, you know. Um, and what, very soon, what year was this? How, how? 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 In 2000, so Shama was set up in 2002 uh, by a group of ethnic women. Uh, that they saw a gap in mainstream services, especially when women were going through family violence, yeah. ethnic women. And they will go to, I don't know, maybe great services, but, yeah. you know, a bit different in terms of cultural values. So they will go to women's refuge or to other services and say, look, and they will say, leave your husband. And that is yeah. definitely not the first answer that uh, most of our families or women uh, yeah. are ready to hear. Yes. Also in many places, you know, and we experience this still, you know, because English is your second language or you may have a broken English. People straight away assume that there is something wrong with you. Yeah. So they look a bit down at you, you know, or they see you as the problem. So they were dreaming from their houses about having an organization where actually English being a second language was something celebrated because it means yes. that you speak two languages. Yes. You know, and also that they were going to be willing to support even if the client wanted to stay with the husband or continue yep. the relationship or try to say their relationship, you know, so... Well, because there's some added complexities there. Sometimes those women's visas would be reliant on staying exactly. in a relationship. Exactly, Holly. And that is a huge thing that makes that the service like Shama, that we understand the impact of yeah. the different visas on the support that you can access or or how it may affect you staying in New Zealand, you know, because yes. in this moment, if you're in a violent relationship and you are dependent on a visa, on their abuser, you are at risk of your visa being cancelled and sent home, you know, and that is a huge issue for it's people. It's a massive barrier. Mm -hmm. And what I hadn't realised until I mm. had a, um, an occasion to sort of become involved with somebody to hear about this was that if if you've been abused as well and you want to leave and you've got this, this visa which is reliant on your, your partner or your husband, you can't necessarily take the children and you can't take them out of the country. So yeah. you lose your relationship, you lose your children and you lose your home. Exactly. Like right. they are it's massive things to consider. So you and can't just say, just, just leave. Exactly. Hey. And mm. unfortunately, even when the visas, the family violence visas in New Zealand were uh, thought or developed, what it became, it was that the, the visa here is almost treated as a refugee, practically. 
the only women that for sure get it is women from the Middle Eastern, where you know that you're going to be shunted or going to be disowned or you're going to be practically killed yes. because you left the abusive relationship. But for women from Latin America or from the U.S. or yeah. from European countries, it's really hard to prove, for example, that you can't go home because yeah. of the stigma of violence and speaking up, you know? So, yes, yes there is a huge implications in terms of how the visa finish being decided. First, you know, that there is one visa that is quite easy to get, but it's only gives you six months. Yeah. And in yeah. six months, you know, you haven't resolved anything. No, nothing yet, at you all. Know? So to get the right job, you know, yes. to sort your accommodation and all this stuff. Sometimes, you know, if, for example, yeah. your abusive partner is someone who is not a resident or a, or a citizen of New Zealand, you know, uh, or maybe, sorry, if they are, for example, a resident and want to get the citizenship, if they get a protection order against them, that will affect their visa status as well. So yes. it's something that they will contest. And so sometimes those legal battles, just to get the protection order sorted, takes a year. Yeah. But we are expecting the woman to get all that sorted within six months, supporting the children most of the time, you yes. know. And, and grieving the loss of a relationship. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, even, even a toxic relationship can still be very, very hard to exactly. to process an end of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right on that as well. So so yeah, so there is a lot of difficulties in that regard that that is why it's so important to have a specialist service that uh, understand. Also the fact that Shama is made up by ethnic women, you know, we have, yes. we are all migrant ref former refugees or, you know, long term settlers here. First, we have experience how it is to be, you know, new yes. here, far away from home. But also, you know, when someone who is struggling and is Latin American and they see a Latin American face, you feel a little bit home, yes. you know, you feel a bit more supported and, yes. you know, she will understand me because... So I think that is a huge uh, relief as well for people to see themselves yes. on the people that is supporting them, you know. But we started talking about, you know, one of your services, which is supporting women. And you have social workers that come in and provide that support. What do you do for someone then that comes in and is if your solution isn't, or if the solution isn't an immediate leave a partner, what are some of the options available for, for people going through this? Because you also want to keep them safe, eh? All the programs that Shama does are in the prevention or on the response uh, area to family violence and sexual violence. So in terms of uh, we can connect them, most of the time us migrant people or former refugees, we are here quite vulnerable. One of the main reasons is because we don't have support networks or we don't understand yes. really well how the system works or yeah. what is that I can have to do. So first of all, helping people to develop those networks by classes, by different events, you know, by connecting mm. people is really important. And then someone who actually explain you maybe in your own language, understanding some of your cultural background around how the system works here yeah. is really important. We realize that Many times, you know, when we have connected client that it wasn't seeing a real pathway to stay in New Zealand because of violence or the visa situation, but once that you connect them with a the lawyer and they start, actually there is a positive outcome in that regards, you know, or there is yes. chances or, or you give the battle as well. So, so yes, just through the social work support and the experience that they have, mm. because, you know, we have seen so many cases. We have been around since 2002, specifically in that area yeah. working, that... Um, really uh, is effective and we, we're supposed to 
for family violence, we're supposed to support people all in the Waikato. But actually, the yeah. amount of referrals that we are getting from Oakland, Christchurch, yeah. because there is no this type of service. We we all know about Shakti, who does an amazing work, but Shakti is a safe house, you yes. know? And a safe house is a different type of support that you get than that social war where you yeah. go and ask about the situation. Maybe it's housing, maybe it's troubles with your children at school, you know? Mm. And then you start talking about, oh, you're having troubles with your children. And suddenly you realize that there is violence in the house, for example, yes. you know? So yeah. sometime in our families, in our cultures, you um, disclose violence through going through other stuff because something that may be yes. something that you want to hide, something Of course, shameful. well, you need to feel safe scary about my visa what is going to happen exactly. you know so exactly it's only when you see that you are actually she's someone that i can't trust and i am telling yeah. her about my issues with my children she's not judging me i might say well actually yeah. this will be a bit easier to solve if i will not be so scared because mm. my relationship is yeah. uh, abusive you know yeah yeah so a lot of that we do some we historically we have been doing some workshops called power to change where we some of the work that we do well is first and, and that is something really important, Holly, I, and I would like listeners to be very clear. The definition of violence in New Zealand is much more broader than in some of our cultures, you know? Yes. So I always say this example, if I am at home fighting with my husband and I say, I'm going to kill you, you know? Yeah. No one cares because yeah. everyone knows that That's if I'm going to kill him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm going to kill him, I'm going to do it quietly. I will not scream it to the yeah. poor wind. But here the neighbor may hear that and may call police. Yes. And so you have a violence incident. Yes. It also happened in our cultures, for example, that if I get my 15-year-old boy stealing, I may give him a bit that he will never forget again yeah. that the stealing is wrong. Because yeah. making honest citizen is so important for me as a family that I need to give you a real lesson. But what happened here is when that dad beat the the son because he found the son, he finished going to jail for two nights for violence. So yeah. he comes out of jail completely disempowered, not knowing what to do. He saw that he was doing the right thing but trying to teach his son a lesson. So yeah. it's about telling them, look, in New Zealand you can hit your children, that is violence and you will be in trouble, but we can do these things to yes, try to there steal. Are other ways to yeah, yeah, discipline. I can imagine it's frustrating though, and you can see how you get that sort of clash of culture where mm. you know something's been normalized for Ever, and you and, can't uh, just assume that, yeah. I and mean, for people from different cultures, Holly, when they see what we are seeing in the media in terms of what is happening with our young people here, with the yeah. high rates of suicide, or with the ram rates, or with the violence that they are getting through bullying or stuff like that, you are like, oh, are you sure you're getting it right? Yeah, yeah that's right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we, I think, we all want to have safe, happy, thriving children. How we get yeah. there sometimes is quite different. Yeah, saying that I think is really beautiful and honorable that here in New Zealand we try to do our parenting journey without any violence or stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel when, when we consider that violence is on a spectrum, you know, uh, I sometimes I growl my children. And I'm like, oh that's my right. God, that was a bit violent. Or, yeah, or, yeah, you know? yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point, you know, that violence is a spectrum. Mm. And also what we might or receive as feeling quite violent might not actually be at all what was intended. You know, like like a growly parent. Well, yeah. exactly. And, and me growling me, my dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and for me, for example, when I am fighting with my husband, I scream my feelings, you know. I never try to be like, for example, insult him with 
personal stuff, yes. you know, but they may sound quite ex- well, <laughs> it's certainly it's, a, it's your personality too, well, isn't it? Exactly, and for me, I wonder, like, oh my god, repressing all those feelings, yeah. will you not get a hernia or some Something. kind of ulcer inside <laughs> because you're not releasing all that? And I, I read a lot of romance, historical novels, you know, and that flame that not showing the feelings is something so British from the old days, yes. you know, that I'm like, yeah. is that sure we are so healthy if we carry it? But, <laughs> you know, uh, regardless, we are yeah. in Oteroa and we need to understand what it could get us in trouble yeah. uh, with the law or in different ways and we need to address yeah. those things. So a lot of things that we do with our communities is about explaining how is balancing here and what are the other options so we avoid that. Yeah. That is why our youth program is so important as well, you know. So what are you doing with youth? So we, with the youth program, uh, well, we have an awesome youth worker, you know, that is always trying to uh, put initiatives or programs so young people who, especially those new in, mm. you know, can come and, and meet friends and, and be in a place where actually if you're a vegetarian, it's not that weird. No <laughs> one is going to be forcing you to eat bacon, you know, yes. because that's what we do here <laughs> yeah. or stuff like that. But also, you know, all these young people, go to schools in here in New Zealand they just want to be Kiwi kids but yeah. they get the weird lunch you know or then maybe there is a party and your mom is like no because we don't go dating or you yeah. know you go to mosque on Friday or Latin American kids you know you are expected to be kissing your grandparents you know yes. like there is a lot of things that make you feel a little bit weird at school so being in a place where actually you are majority and you see oh my god it's not yeah. just me you are also have your parents that they send you the noodles for lunch or you know the <laughs> yeah. weird food or, or that they pick you up or that they don't speak English you know like yes. sometimes for younger children or 12 year olds quite embarrassing when your mom or dad speak wrongly yeah. you know so being a place where you are you know the majority is fulfilling also because you are a bit insecure maybe yeah. not being such a real kid when you don't st- every time there is a leadership position you may not put your hands up yes saying yeah. that I see that in a lot of those because we have so much diversity, so many young people actually growing up here, I see that a lot of ethnic youth are taking on they leadership positions. Yeah, <laughs> which is marvellous, but it has taken time, hasn't it? Mm, exactly. And and often it's not when you're new here, mm. it's when you feel established here, and that's part of what your youth programme can do, eh, is, is create a sense of home. And exactly, and also even when you are maybe uh, someone who are clearly from an ethnic background because of how you look, you know, or, or how you sound, or, yeah. Maybe you are are not enough or or you can't really put your I don't know let's do a celebrate IFAT for example or let's celebrate the spring festival that we yes. celebrate the Latin American community maybe they are more like oh we can help with the Waitangi Day yes you know so still it's hard to bring your culture yeah. to yeah. the forefront so here is a place where they can feel you know that they are um, yeah that let's do Ifat, let's do mm. Diwali, let's celebrate Chinese New Year and everything is welcome and is, yeah. you know, respected in yes. that regard. Yeah, and celebrated. Yeah. So so you've got a youth program. What sort of age groups attend? Well, it's funded by the Ministry of Youth Development. Yeah. And what we have learned is that depending on the youth worker, you get different people. So yes. last year we had this brilliant young woman called Madija. Uh, I don't know if you have heard from Madija Ali, but she's uh, now uh, finishing her law degree. I think um, I do know. She's the beautiful long hair. And well, it's Muslim, so you don't see much of her hair, but she is beautiful. Then it's not who I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay. The first I was thinking of doesn't um, cover their head, but yes. So when Madija was here, she because she's a, a young person, always young people but she brought a lot of her friends so most of the youth yes. program were people in between 16 and 24 
Yes. But now we have another awesome uh, youth worker, uh, Fatsuma, and she, uh, the young people that has joined this year, the program is more in between the 13 and the 16 years old, you oh, know? So cool. depending on the groups that we have yes. is the type of activities and sometimes maybe some mentoring, some peer yeah. support or stuff like that. So we had a youth who last week where they designed the program. We have a um, camp coming up in April nice. for, for young people, completely free. So if you're interested in attending the camp, it's at the Pirongia Outdoors place where they nice. do caving, they do uh, archery, so yeah. many. There is something really cool that we can give as well to young people. That's you know? amazing. So you have to be of um, non-New Zealand heritage to attend? Well, so tell me what is New Zealand heritage? Yeah, born born here? I don't know. Like, was there is there a criteria for who can actually attend that? So Shama works with ethnic communities, and now that yeah. we have a Ministry of Ethnic Communities, they have put the definition out where ethnic communities are all those people that they are migrant, former refugees, long-term settlers, or born in New Zealand who identify as Asian, Middle Eastern, oh, Latin yes. American, African, or continental European. So, for example, people from Hungary or yes. from Poland, they may yeah. feel more connected to ethnic communities than a European yeah. Pakeha yes. uh, people. You know, so our program, the youth program, yes, we cater for ethnic youth, you know, yes. so that means that uh, there will be probably most vegetarian food or, or you know, yes. uh, things like that. But if someone want to join and, and we have, if we have 20, uh, I don't know, non-ethnic kids, we will struggle. But usually yeah. when we have spaces and there is a child that want to come, yeah, why not? Fantastic. In this kind of things of identity, you need to respect self-determination. Or, yes. or I think that is my, my way of seeing things, you know. So, But they need to understand that there is going to be an ethnic cowpapa, you know. So we yes. will respect if you want to pray that there is praying time, that if the... There is no mixing boys with girls because that is not right for some culture, you know. So yeah. we will work under an ethnic cowpapa and not come in and say, hey, we're in New Zealand, so we we're do doing this. it this way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that obviously <laughs> exactly. makes a lot of sense. Um, I know a little while ago, probably probably four years ago or something, <laughs> when we were talking, um, you had talked about, because Sharma has traditionally been about services for, for women, mm -hmm. but you had talked about potentially... Um, providing some services for men. Mm. Have you ended up um, walking down that track? Well, yes, uh, in some ways. Uh, so since 2018, we, we got the contract with MSD to support ethnic communities anywhere around New Zealand from any gender if they have experienced sexual violence. Yes. So from that moment onwards, uh, we are open across New Zealand again for yep. sexual violence uh, and we have support men and we have support people from different genders as well. Here in the Waikato, in terms of our family, we because one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, Holly, is because there is no services for men. That's right. You know, and yeah. men, many times they do need support. So. Well, it, there's often, particularly for former refugees, so much trauma mm. in mm. people's lives. And and for migrant men as well, Holly, yeah. like being away from your home, from yes. your settings, not having support yeah. networks, still feeling that you need to provide. There is a lot of pressure yeah. for them. No one want to help you because if you don't like it, just go home, you know? Yes. So in that regards... Uh, migrant and refugee men many times they do struggle they may feel lowly their degrees may not be recognized so if maybe you were top yes. job in your country and yeah. suddenly here are driving, driving or yeah. exactly you know yeah. things like that so uh, but but there, so there is no support services for them very very limited so in that way we have tried to fill a gap yes at the same time our marketing have done so well that everyone does us uh, connect us with women's services yes. so we we don't have such a huge number of referrals in terms 
lives of men. Mm. We tried to connect them with services if they were yeah. looking for something more social. But something really cool that we started from last year is that we got uh, funding to run a project that is called Let's Talk Men, where we start community conversations with men around healthy masculinity. Right. And you know, like many of our cultures are always bashed in terms of like, oh, you know, your service, uh, sorry, your culture is very sexist, misogynist, or you, you know, you oppress your woman if you're Muslim, or you yes. sexualize your women if yes. you're Latin America, you know, like. But, so actually, this is about focusing on the positive and what are those protective factors and what are those things that we are actually that yeah. are, talk about healthy masculinity and not about that toxic. Yeah. And and so we have been doing, uh, because of reasons of, you know, life, I finished hosting a conversation from Latin American men. It was so awesome to hear how much, and, and at first, you know, when you talk to men about, oh, we're going to talk about health, and they are like, oh, well, I, they put it in a very women versus men kind of thing. Yeah. But when you start switching it to towards your father, son, or father, young people in terms of our expectations of roles yeah. for young men and stuff, the, the conversation start changing and they start... Re and then when you say, look, if you have a problem, who you ask for help? Are you yeah. telling your kid that he can ask for help or are you telling, no, I resolve everything because I am so strong that I don't... Yeah. What are you putting that? And what happens if your boy doesn't play football in Latin America? How are yeah. you making him feel? You know, so the conversation start being about themselves. About, and then by the end of the conversation, they were like, we need support groups. We need to continue yeah. this conversation. We need to be there for each other because we don't have our mates from the That's past right. anymore. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So it's creating those new networks, eh? And, mm, mm. Um, but also having those conversations because often they're just not had. Yeah. yeah. And the thing we, we are in a moment, you know, with this, uh, I don't know when the show tonight is going to, uh, this and the recording is going to go out, but we, in this moment, we are going through this Posey Parker stuff, you know, yes. and there is a conversation in terms of gender expectations and what, who am I as a man in this world where women do whatever you want. And if I, you know, like we are all yeah. a little bit protective of our boxes. Yes. <laughs> But then when we start getting rid of those things, you know, and you start uh, realizing, actually it's quite freeing and, and necessary in that regard. And you realize that most men are not into the toxic masculinity. Sometimes that the media is forcing us to look at ourselves in that way still. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's certainly a contributing factor, isn't it? There are a lot of expectations on mm, men to fill mm. those, yeah. to, to behave in particular ways. But yeah, exactly. when we think about the men in our lives, very few of them would yeah. actually tick those boxes, eh? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. you know, and, and again, what kind of support they are getting because so they can handle stress better and they cannot yeah. have to finish going into alcohol or drugs at some time that fuels yeah. violence in this country so badly, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Still like a wine, though, just saying. I know, yeah. of course. Yeah. Well, in moderation, you know. <laughs> That's all right. And, and for pleasure, not to escape stress. That's, oh, yeah, it's a really good point, too. Um, we don't have a lot of time left. We've got about five minutes, and oh I realise I know we haven't talked about a lot of because I know you guys do so many things. Eh? Mm, You've got mm. so much on the go. How many in your team now? Well, we are currently 16, uh, yeah. 14 of those uh, in the Waikato because still this is our home. Yes, you know? it and is. That is where we are stronger. So, where are the other two? Well, uh, we well we have different contractors in different. For example, we have a person in the South Island that is uh, developing networks of ethnic therapists wow. in the South oh. Island, so we can oh. mobilize them and support people across the Motu. Really, yes. Then we have two workers in Auckland that they have national roles as well. We have a person in Tauranga that she also has a national role. So some national roles that yes. we have, you know, doesn't matter where they are based, so yeah. they can be based in in different parts. 
Here in the Waikato, uh, what we do, well, we, we have the family violence service that we are funded to support the ethnic communities in the Waikato, which is great. We have our beautiful community center that is a women's space only because, you know, in our yes. culture there is a still that need of a classroom where it's just women so we can all laugh yeah. and talk about things that they are important for us, you know, Absolutely. like maybe it's parenting, maybe it's menstruation, maybe, yeah, you know, it's like right. so many different things. And so that's the venue um, now over in... And Liverpool Street. And it's a, such a stunning place. I I'm know. Super it's impressed. So, so beautiful. We are now in the number eight of Liverpool Street in the CBD. Just, we are neighbors with Caute Pacifica. So yeah. I feel like we are the most diverse road in the, <laughs> in the CBD. Beautiful old house. So definitely invite people to come and see yeah. us. Ethnic or non-ethnic women can come and visit us, pop in, come for a coffee, check out what we are mm. doing. We are open Monday to Friday from 9 till 4.30. And I know that the boys sometimes get a little bit hurt. We do have a fan out room where yeah. men can come if they need support or they want to talk to us. It's inside the house and it's a really comfortable space where we can see them there. But then we have an open day always in August where we open the whole center for the community and anyone who is curious can come and have a look and as a, well. And a Kai, you always mm. put on just the best well, food. <laughs> I reckon that one of the best things about working in such a diverse place, yes. you know, is that, yes, please, pot like dinner. Everyone brings from around the world and it's just so delicious. I agree. Oh, and I tell you what, um, you know, often it's women who do cooking in homes and so mm. you get you get the best stuff oh. coming to the table. It really is magnificent. Beautiful. Holly, I, just before we finish, I do want to plug our life skill classes. We run life skill classes every day from 10 till 12. We have cooking, we have English, we have English conversation and sewing and some people for example for the cooking class tell me Silvana I've been cooking for 20 years I don't yeah. need a cooking class but it's actually opening a space where we are comfortable we share yeah. a meal because we cook it and then we try it you know you learn about kiwi ingredients you can practice your English maybe then you facilitate the class yes. and you show us how you do I don't know a beautiful dish from your class so you, if you know how to cook great because it means that you can come and talk and converse about the things how we do it differently in different countries so really pushing the classes 10 to 12 every weekday is that um open to everybody or is that again for ethnic women well all our services uh holy uh, are for ethnic women really you know yeah. and it's mainly because yes you will come to a place where english is very I broken broke. for most yes. people so don't come and think that every yeah Totally, you know. I'm just jealous because I want the food. (laughs) You can still come, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that for people whose English is their first language, it may feel a bit slow. It may feel a bit, uh, you know, not fast paced. That's that's not even important in that sense. That what you don't want to do is have people walk into a room like me and have others feel uncomfortable because of their own English well exactly you know that I'm going to shut up because yeah. I don't speak that well like yeah. them or maybe I wanted to say that uh, I was going to go for a pray and now I feel like they're going to tell me oh here in New Zealand you know so yes. sometimes there is a space just where, that safe space eh, yeah. where yeah again we, we don't mean that uh, we will close the door but we need to, and we also have very limited resources so in our yes. sewing class we can fit more than nine and ten women so yeah. if you have and and yes, yeah. so we yeah. try to refer them to other services. But eventually, and there are plenty of other mm. services around. Eh, mm. you know, mm. there are some mm. great places and spaces. So yeah, yeah. So uh, unfortunately, most of the people that come to us is ethnic. You yes. know, so we don't need to. <laughs> you don't have to, to have those hard conversations. Uh, yeah, not very often, at least. I would encourage people on the open day to get along to Shama, though, mm. if you um, are not from a. Diff- 
different ethnic group so mm. do check it out it's amazing um, and otherwise if you're listening and you're thinking actually this is something for me um, Sharma you can just jump on Facebook yep so we are on Facebook Sharma Ethnic Women Trust we are on Instagram we are even in Pinterest I don't know what we're doing there but, yeah. we, are, <laughs> but we are also our website shama.org.nz has a lot of information about the different programs and services you can give us a call 07-843-3810 and really important uh, Holly to remind people that we can access interpreters so if we don't have the language that you speak don't worry we will book an interpreter so uh, you can uh, still be here and, and your you know needs identify I guess that's perfect thank you you've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato Free FM 89.0 Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.